Here we go. Final seconds. Clutch is his name. Talking sports is his game. End zone. Touchdown with no time left. Pushing the limits. They win on the last play of the ball game. There are no limits. Are you kidding? Who can you count on to make the last throw or shot? Wow, and the game is over. Mikey Clutch. This is the final play. Unbelievable. We are back. We are back. Welcome into the final play with Mikey Clutch. It is divisional round weekend. Two games today, two games tomorrow. Coming off a super wild card weekend last week. Some great games, some comebacks. Wow, last week was fun. Um, But yeah, we're going to get into this weekend's games. We got two today, two tomorrow, like I said. Starting off with Jags at Kansas City, and then we end with New York Giants at Philly tonight. And then obviously tomorrow, we have the Bengals traveling to the Buffalo Bills, and then the Niners hosting the Dallas Cowboys, igniting that rivalry, putting more gas on that flame. But before that, let's recap these games from last week to get us to this point, and let's start where it started last week. Third time these these teams played each other, the Niners and Seattle Seahawks. The game was close at halftime. Niners were actually trailing by one going in. And then they come out, get that touchdown right off the bat uh, on their first drive back, which they needed. And Seahawks, they they were driving down the score. And then that huge fumble, um, Menehu forced on... Geno Smith to stop that drive from, you know, potentially them going up 24-23, and what do you know, the floodgates open, and the Niners just never looked back, they dominate the rest of the game, scoring 25 straight, and a lot of that had to do with the Debo Samuel play, um, getting his leg twisted, his ankle, and and that's where, I think that was the same leg that that he had injured um, prior, you know, to coming back in week 18. But that ignited the flame in, in this whole entire team. Even Shanahan was pissed on the field. He, he, you know, gave a little shoulder bump to one of the Seahawks players. But you don't mess with this team. You, you don't want to piss off a already physical team that brings the heat and really lays the wood. So that, that just was extra motivation for the Niners to... You know, score 25 straight points, and obviously Seattle gets a garbage touchdown, but Niners, this wasn't close in the second half, 41-23, to 23, and, you know, obviously the big talk of the game is Brock Purdy. Shaky at start, you know, first couple drives, the nerves are probably there, um, you know, could almost threw a couple interceptions in that first half, but boy, did he settle down. And really, it was almost near perfect in that second half. I believe he was 9 for 11. Um, and, and then that, that, that's where all the scoring came. Because the, the Niners were kind of stalling out, getting field goals uh, in the first half. You know, three field goals in the first half. And only that one touchdown uh, where, where he found uh, McCaffrey. But, man, I, I mean, what can't this kid do? He's mobile. He, he, he doesn't make the big mistakes. I know he had a couple iffy throws, but you know they didn't get picked off, so he got lucky there. But I mean, he had two 
or one really good throw in the second half. I mean, he should have had four touchdown passes. Probably his best throw of the day to Brandon Ayuk that was dropped. Uh, it, it was like a Santonio, uh, Antonio Holmes kind of kind of catch in the back of the end zone that he dropped. Um, but man, Purdy, like I said, second half was nearly flawless. You got Debo who who got going. He had over 130 yards receiving. He had that long one for 74 yards where Brandon Ayuk, beautiful block downfield. Uh, McCaffrey, you know, he ripped off that 68-yard uh, rush. But this, this is what I like to see even in the playoffs. McCaffrey, 17 touches all day. Keep him fresh. He's going to have a good day against Dallas, which I, I, I'll get into that. But I, I just, I, what, what is there to say about this team? You know, the, the defense looks shaky. In the first half as well, they were just giving up, especially in the second quarter, I should say, 17 points in the second quarter uh, given up to Seattle. DK Metcalf couldn't be stopped, even though Traverius Ward locked down Metcalf the first couple matchups. Um, he, he just he couldn't get it uh, in, in matchup three here. Uh, but Diamador Lonor, who I loved as a rookie, who I thought should have saw some, uh, you know, playing time as a rookie, which he did because of injuries and in that secondary um, last year. But he, he played well, and, and Ambry Thomas is working his way back from an injury. He, he, he's he's not as good as Lenora in my eyes, but he, he can get there. Uh, but what D'Amico Ryan's has done with this defense, and and obviously the shakiest part in that defense is the secondary. But I think you know he, he kind of ties it up as the game goes along. We know the Niners, best second-half football team in the league. You know, that went to Cincy last year. I th Niners, without a doubt, running away with it this year. Um, but Seattle, I mean, they did some good things, right? Starting a bunch of rookies, they went out there. They were going toe-for-toe, blow-for-blow uh, against the Niners in the first half. And, again, I, they, they were about to drive and tie that game up in the third quarter. And that fumble just ruined things and basically... That was the game, but uh, you know if they go down and score, who who knows how this game looks? Who knows how this game looks? If, if you know if, if the team doesn't get riled up after Debo's leg gets you know lifted and twisted a little bit. So, shout out to Pete Carroll and, and that Seahawks team coming into you know Levi's and, and giving the Niners everything they got. Um, just it, it it couldn't hold up for four quarters and. I, I just, what more is there to say about Brock Purdy? He's cool, calm, collected. He gets rid of the ball. He delivers it on time to the guys he needs to deliver to. And then, like you, like we always say, give it to the playmakers. Let them do the rest. And, and you see the, the, the run after catch. There, there was a couple passes, you know, crossing routes, short crossing routes at that. The Debo picks up first downs. You know, Kittle had a, had a big first down pickup on, on one of those. Um, it's just, uh, these guys, they, when they get the ball in their hands, they just, anything can happen. You know, you, 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 they can break it for, you know, 20 to 50 yards. It, it's awesome. And, and, uh, that's what you get with this team and with the, them lining up. And this is what we, we kind of predicted when McCaffrey was traded for. What can you expect formation wise these guys line up in all these different positions. You know, Debo lines up in McCaffrey's position. McCaffrey lines up in Debo's position. McCaffrey lined up at tight end in this game. And you don't really see that as often. So the way the Niners use these guys, it just causes nightmares. And you really don't know what's coming. And I think that is why they are so hard 
to beat during this 11-game winning streak with McCaffrey. You just another guy you have to account for. Imagine if they had him last year. I, I think that NFC Championship game, you know, it was close as it was. It, it probably goes different with just having McCaffrey on the field. So I, I loved what I saw from the Niners on both sides of the football, especially in that second half. Both lit it up. Hopefully uh, they can do it again, but we'll break that game down later. And then, and then the second game that happened last Saturday. I'm sorry, I got to pull up the schedule because my brain was a little wonky this morning. But uh, the second game, oh, duh. It, it was one of the best comebacks in, in NFL history in the playoffs. Uh, Chargers at the Jaguars. Jaguars, I, I, you know, I had them winning the game and covering that spread. But boy, what, I mean, Brandon Staley, I, what, what did I say? Like, you just, you can't trust him in, in, these, in these spots. And he, did, he, he kept his job, fired all the offensive staff, which, I mean, listen, your offense gave you 27 points in the first half, and, and you couldn't make a stop on the, on the four drives that Trevor Lawrence needed to score. You couldn't make one stop. And, and that's why, you know, they needed a scapegoat. It was the offensive coordinator, which, all right, you get rid of the offensive staff, good for you. But I'm telling you, Brandon Staley, the defensive coordinator, doesn't have the defense right. With all that firepower, all that superstar power on that defense, and he couldn't hold the lead. They scored three points their entire second half in Jacksonville. Like I said, they needed to score four times in the final four drives. They get three touchdowns and a field goal to win the game. Trevor Lawrence coming off almost a you know a record first half, four picks in the first half, and then he was near perfect. He was twenty three for twenty nine after throwing the fourth pick in. He was just unbelievable, and he threw four touchdowns and obviously led that game-winning field goal drive, but, I mean, this is not what you thought was going to happen when he threw that fourth pick, but hats off to Doug Peterson, who I had doubts coming in. I Obviously, an upgrade over Urban Meyer. Anything's an upgrade over Urban Meyer, but what Doug Peterson was able to do one year, get this team to win the division in Week 18... Get this team to rally back, for, like I said, from 27 down. I know it's 27 to 7 at halftime, but it, it was 27 to nothing at one point. And should have been 31 to nothing if Herbert doesn't miss a wide open throw to Keenan Allen. Uh, but yeah, Doug Peterson, hats off to him. He, he's changing my view. Now, if he can go out there and beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead, then I was completely wrong on the Doug Peterson thing, but I want to see more consistency. You know, he beat the Chargers. Chargers did the Chargers thing and just blew a lead uh, in a big game, in a meaningful game like they always do. And it sucks because I'm a Herbert guy. He's probably my second favorite quarterback to watch behind Joe Burrow. Um, but obviously Trevor Lawrence is going to be creeping up in that conversation. I, I just I don't understand why Justin Herbert, he's just – Getting unlucky with the coaching staff, with, with how things are going already early in his career. That should have been a Chargers win. They should be in the divisional round going against the Kansas City Chiefs where they potentially would beat them because it would be the third matchup and they always play the Chiefs close and anything can happen. 
So I, I just, it sucks. It, it sucks to see that, you know, Austin Eckler having a, a great, another great year, touchdown score, doesn't get a chance uh, to continue on. But story is the Jags coming back and Trevor Lawrence looking flawless in the, you know, after the fourth interception. And um, that, that's going to be a fun game too. I know the Jags lost by 10 against the Chiefs in the first matchup. Um, but we'll, we'll see. This is playoffs. Doug Peterson's been one, has a Super Bowl uh, title, the same as many as Andy Reid. So, you know, and, and took over the team that Andy Reid left. Obviously not, not right after, but won a Super Bowl with the Eagles. That was hard for Andy Reid to do. And Andy Reid had so many good teams with Donovan McNabb uh, in Philly for all those years. So hats off to Doug Peterson. But, yeah, I want to see this next year. They got to win the division next year, uh, win another playoff game next year, and, and then I'll be a full believer in Doug Peterson. But, man, I, I'm just happy what I've seen from the Jags. And the Jags' defense, I mean, you know, talk about the offense scoring. A lot had to do with that defense, only giving up three points in the second half because, yes, they didn't create a turnover, but they didn't allow points. Now, that's that's the crazy stat. They weren't able to create a turnover all game against the Chargers, the defense of the Jags. But they were able to get stops and not let them get first downs and, and get more than three points. So hats off to that Jags defense who looked shaky this year. Uh, but again, they did the same thing against the Ravens. They were able to come back and, and uh, stop the Ravens from scoring. And then obviously they won on that two-point conversion at the end of the game. So this Jags defense might be sneaky, silent. Sneaky silent. So we'll, we'll see how they do. All right. The third game, we'll start with the first matchup on Sunday, the Buffalo Bills at Miami. Now, this game, I think only reason why it was close is because divisional opponent, because look at Skylar Thompson, shouldn't be going into Buffalo 17 down and making this a three-point game, 31-34 at the end. Josh Allen has been prone to mistakes the last few weeks, kind of all year, actually. Really dumb mistakes. And you would think that in the wild card round playoffs that he would kind of scale it back a little bit. Don't take as many chances that you don't need to, especially up 17-0. But he likes to go for that kill shot. And he needs to just take what the defense gives you. Look at what Mahomes has been able to do. And this is why he's the best quarterback. Because he has the arm talent. He has the Josh Allen arm talent to go deep and take those shots but Mahomes takes underneath routes Joe Burrow is the quickest to get rid of the ball in the NFL this year um and with so and Josh Allen doesn't have a good offensive line and he's trying to hang in there he had that fumble the two picks uh the one pick wasn't his fault right the, the receiver dropped the ball um but you just can't be taking those shots that you don't need to when you're driving the ball just fine on this Miami defense it, 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 you know, the only reason why this thing's close is Miami, which everybody said, you know, all week. The only way this game's close is Miami causes some turnovers, has some special teams plays. They had two big returns on special teams. They had three turnovers forced and uh, seven sacks on Josh Allen. And that's what a mediocre to below, you know, average or to average, you know, uh, defense. And, you know, Bradley Chubb didn't even really get going that well. And, you know, that was that big trade as well in midseason. But, Buffalo, a lot of questions going into this divisional round. They are the favorites. They have all the pressure. Damar Hamlin's situation, you know, trying to get this team juiced up. 
But, you know, they, 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 they got lucky. They got out of there. You know, they won the game. It doesn't matter. In, in the playoffs, you win, you're in. You, you go on. So um, as long as, you know, you get to the next round, it really doesn't matter how you win. But it is cause of concern going up against the Cincy defense, which I think is beyond, you know, the defense that Miami has. And, you know, I think since he, with the offense they have, because they have Burrow and not Skylar Thompson, which Miami also had some huge drops early in that game. Waddle dropped a deep pass, I think, on the first drive of Miami that, you know, it wouldn't have been a touchdown, but it puts them in field goal range right in that play. I think it was within the 30-yard line or 20-yard line. Um, Hill had a couple drops. Waddle had two drops, I think, two big gain drops. So, you know, if they connect on those, who knows what the score might be. It might take another possession away from Buffalo, uh, a couple possessions away from Buffalo. So uh, it just, it was sloppy. The defense from Buffalo, I, I know they were, you know, top five in DVOA, which is that advanced metric um, that, that, that kind of really puts everything into it. Um, but again, their defense, it's like last year. Yes, they're top in the league, top scorer in the league, but... There's something about the eye test. Teams are able to score points. They're able to gain yards, get first downs on this defense. And it's just, I, I, I don't know what they're missing. I just don't. And again, going back to the offense, no running game, which you're up 17 nothing. Josh Allen, obviously, you're not going to call design running plays when you're up that much. Um, you got to get Singletary going. And I, I just, I don't see that happening against the Bengals this week, but Buffalo, you advance to another round, but all the pressure is on the preseason MVP and preseason Super Bowl champs, Buffalo Bills, going in this, uh, go, stay at home uh, playing Cincy. New York Giants at the Minnesota Vikings. Wow. The Giants beat the most fraudulent team in the NFL in the wild card on the road. Uh, you know, a lot of people were on this one, New York to beat the Vikings, which... I, I, listen, I, I thought I could believe in the Vikings for one week, but that defense is horrid. You know, how, how, at least, listen, the, the Vikings underachieved with Mike Zimmer and all that talent on the offensive side of the ball, but now look at what this defense is doing. They took a huge step back. They're one of the worst defenses in the league against the, if not the wor worst defenses uh, against the run. The pass defense, not good either. Daniel Jones was slicing and dicing them up. Uh, I, you know, you got Saquon who ran and had his way with them. Uh, Brian Dayball, hats off to him. Rookie coach, uh, taking this team from bottom team in the league last year to a wild card winner this year. Daniel Jones looking like a better quarterback. Let's see if that happens again this week against a way better Philly defense. But, you know, Miami, all that talent, you know, Hats off to O'Connor, too, because he's a rookie coach taking that team to the playoffs and the division winner. But he's got to get a good defensive coordinator out there. Brian Dable's got Wink Martindale to take care of that New York defense, and they were able to you know hold their own against that high-powered Minnesota offense. Now, that that's when you get an offensive coordinator, you better have a great defensive coordinator. And when you hire a defensive coordinator as a head coach, you better have that offense coordinator position right. And you see the differences in the league. I mean, look at the Chargers with Staley. He doesn't have that good offensive coordinator. They already got clean house. And that offense should be, you know, 
you know, clicking on all cylinders. And you go to Minnesota, you know, you get rid of Zimmer, defensive coach. Defense was right, but that offense was lacking. So he didn't have an offensive coordinator. But you, you flip that, you, you fire him. Then you bring in a offensive coordinator as a head coach, all right? But who's his defensive coordinator now? And you see the offense excel, and the defense takes a huge step back. That's why Buffalo worked, right? Sean McDermott, defensive-minded head coach, but he had Brian Dable. And now he has Ken Dorsey, who, who's doing a phenomenal job as well. But you got to get that right, um, especially when you have the talent you do on the offensive side of the ball. You have to have a good enough offensive coordinator that can keep this thing going. I mean, you you look in this league, in the playoffs, if you got a good offensive, co uh, whatever, offensive minded, defensive minded head coach, the other side usually has a great guy calling the you know, the defense or offense. Um, and, and you could say that uh, in New York. Like I said, Dable's the head coach. He's got Wink Martindale. He, they brought in Wink Martindale from the Ravens to be the defense coordinator. And you see how they complement each other, right? Uh, the Minnesota, uh, sorry, the Bengals, they got a great DC with an offensive minded head coach. The Niners, look, D'Amico Ryan is getting head coaching interviews this week. Um, Dallas, you know, Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore, a great pairing. Uh, even though McCarthy's, you know, probably, uh, you know, helps play, uh, he's an offensive-minded head coach, but you just, you, you see the, the two marry each other well, and you just hope next year Minnesota can figure the defense out, because if they could figure the defense out, they have great players on defense, don't get me wrong, but um, it, they're just, they're going to be one and done, and that's just the story of the Minnesota Vikings, they're good on one side of the ball every year, um, they can't seem to sync up, but uh, but going into the final game Sunday, Baltimore at Cincy, another divisional game. Teams playing for the third time. These two teams playing two weeks in a row. So this went exactly how I thought it was going to be go, even with Tyler Huntley. It's going to be a close game, right? You, you, you got uh, these two teams coming off a week where they played each other. They know each other well. Harbaugh has been here in the playoffs before amazing head coach the only reason why they were able to still make it to the playoffs is because of him with Lamar out and look at this the news was Greg Roman they parted ways with Greg Roman the Ravens so I think next is going to be getting Lamar re-signed and then get a great offense coordinator uh to kind of get this offense out of you know just gimmicky or you know just to evolve this offense with Lamar. I, I, you know, I, kind of, Roman was kind of holding them back with the play call, holding the whole team back, basically. It was just a bland offense. You knew it was coming, um, and people were calling for Roman's job for years. But the Bengals obviously win with that 14-point swing play with Huntley trying to go over the top, fumbles. Hubbard brings it all the way back. But listen, it, the Bengals, their defense, like I said, is going to be better than what Miami is. And I know they only gave up 17 to the Baltimore Ravens. I know they almost gave up a game-winning drive at the end. It was very close. Prochet had it in his fingertips uh, that last play on the game. But I, I like this offense. This offense is where it's at. They're down three offensive linemen. But look at what happened last year uh, in the playoffs. Burrow had the worst line probably in the league. Most sack quarterback in the playoffs. Got him to the Super Bowl. I think we're going to see the same kind of game plan they went with last year. 
with Williams and Kappa out um, for, for this game and kind of revert back to last year. Just get rid of the ball quick. They were still able to take G-shots last year, but we'll see how Buffalo's defense uh, ends up. But yeah, I, I want to see Joe Mixon. But back to this game, I, this is why I love Joe Burrow. He, he lets the game come to him. He'll take the underneath routes. And Jamar Chase in the playoffs is not to be messed with. I think, to me, if I were building a team, like he, he had injury this year. You know, he, he missed a month, and, and the Bengals are still on the winning streak. Mixon missed some time, too. But I'm telling you, fully healthy, I want Jamar Chase over Justin Jefferson. I love Justin Jefferson. He's my number two out of the young guys. I still think Devontae's the best receiver out of them all. But Jamar Chase is just as open as much as Justin Jefferson's open. I'm telling you. And, and it, it's going to show. It, when Chase is on that field, he's almost guaranteed 75 yards and, and, and seven catches. Um, but I, I like what Burrow does. I think they're going to get, like I said, Mixon. He's got to get the run game going. But, uh, you know, against Baltimore, they're very good at, against the run with Roquan and, and Patrick Queen back there. So they couldn't really get it going. And... Uh, they did give up some big chunk plays to J.K. Dobbins, which Dobbins should have got the ball a lot more. It, it was, you know, Dobbins, since coming back, he's such a home run hitter, it feels like, every time he touches the ball. And the Ravens just didn't, you know, trust him with the ball, I guess. And, you know, Huntley had a great game, don't get me wrong, but you want to see more touches for J.K. Dobbins in this situation, especially on the goal line. Um, but hats off to the Bengals, winning at home. And going to Buffalo, which I still think this should have been neutral site at a minimum. Um, but, yep, traveling to Buffalo. And then finally the Monday night game, Dallas Cowboys on the road. Eight-game road losing streak in the playoffs. Um, go on and beat Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It wasn't even close. And you can really see why Tampa was an 8-9 team and uh, just didn't look good all year. It, they just couldn't move the ball on Dallas. Dallas was getting pressure, doing what they wanted on offense. But the, obviously the story was Brett Maher missing four extra points. Uh, extra point, you know, it, it, that just never happened before. You saw the frustration on the Dallas Cowboys sideline, but luckily it didn't come back to bite them in the ass. Uh, they were still able to, you know, dominate and, and win handedly. Uh, it just sucks. You know, Tom Brady threw 66 times, 351 yards, but... It's if you don't have a running game, you're going to be predictable. You know that they like these short passes, but we'll see. Byron Byron Leftwich was fired. We'll see what happens next year uh, if they bring Tom Brady back or if he goes elsewhere. How this offense is going to look. But the story is this Dallas offense of the day. Just like I said, doing what they wanted to to that Buccaneers defense. Dak looked phenomenal. Finally, in, in a playoff game, he, he looks great, gets gets a playoff win. Uh, they advance to the divisional round to play the Niners. Um, but, man, four touchdowns, four touchdowns and, and, and a rushing touchdown, four passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown, which, you know, Brock Purdy almost did that, should have had four and a rushing touchdown himself. But won't get into that now. Uh, yeah, but Dak Prescott, I mean, he, he looked flawless, right? He had that really bad game, week 18, everybody's, saying, oh, Dallas is in trouble after they lose to Washington. Uh, they're not going to look good in the playoffs. But, man, 
He answered the bell. He was nearly perfect that entire game. And it was never really in doubt that, that Dallas was going to, um, you know, that, that, that they weren't going to win the game. And so, yeah, it, it sucks to see Tom Brady potentially go out like that. But from the Dallas point of view, I mean, if your defense is going to be humming and uh, on the same page as your offense, they're going to be scary and they're going to be hard to beat. And, and, and Niners definitely have their hands full uh, tomorrow uh, with the Dallas Cowboys. But yeah, Micah Parsons, I think, had the most pressures in the playoffs anybody's had. He had nine pressures on Tom Brady, a sack. Uh, and you got to be able to block them. But Tampa has had line issues all year. Um, their defense is not the best defense. They're they're one of the bottom, you know, ten defenses in the league. So, can you put a lot on this? Of them blowing them out, or um, I mean, same thing with the Niners, right? They blew out the Seahawks, and they're really not that good either. They they have a lot of rookies starting on both sides of the ball. So, um, it, it's going to be interesting to see how this matchups go, matchup goes, uh, which we'll break down um, coming up here in, in a little bit, but. Yeah, Dallas Cowboys, Mike McCarthy leaving Green Bay, taking the, taking that year off, and a lot of you know people were saying ah, Mike McCarthy was only successful because of Aaron Rodgers, but hey, he's been able to go on the road and win a playoff game, and um, he's in the playoffs, and you know two years now he's gotten the Cowboys to the playoffs. So uh, hats off to Mike McCarthy doing a great job out there and and proving his worth. Um, And obviously quieting all those critics who said, oh, well, if he loses this game, what is Jerry Jones going to do? And Jerry, you know, right away said, I I have a lot more to evaluate uh, McCarthy on than just this game. Um, Talking about the Tampa Bay game and look at he won and people are going to have to shut up. You know, Mike McCarthy's a good coach. They're just going to have to believe that, just like I have to believe that Pete Carroll and Doug Peterson are good coaches as well. But finally, that's wildcard weekend. Let's get into the, the good stuff that's coming today and tomorrow. We'll start with the Jags at Kansas City. Uh, the Jags, you know, obviously nine-and-a-half-point underdogs on the road. Kansas City, we know Andy Reid off a of bye, 27-4. Uh, you know, and with Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes, really damn good in the playoffs, really good at home, doesn't lose the divisional round much. You know, he, he, he they're, they're in the AFC Championship almost every year, it feels like, with Mahomes. Uh, but we'll, 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 like I said, we'll see how this Jags defense responds after, you know, giving up. I, I Listen, the quarterback threw four picks last week, put him in a bad spot every time, and, and the Chargers nearly scored touchdowns in every single after every single interception. So uh, if the quarterback keeps a clean game, look at what that defense was able to do in that second half. So I, we'll see. Obviously, Mahomes can slice and dice basically any defense. We saw what he did against the number one defense in the league, uh, the Niners, this year when they went to Levi's and really just put in a lot of work against them. But... Mahomes is Mahomes. We're going to see great things from him. I don't think he's really, you're going to be able to stop him and keep him at bay. Uh, So really what you're going to have to do is match. And if there is a weakness of this Chiefs team, it is their secondary. It's not that great. And we'll see if Lawrence can kind of pick them apart. It it, it is probably going to be a shootout. Um, I I don't see this game being, you know, 30 to 10 or uh, 28 to 13. It's probably going to be a 31 to 24 type game uh, in in Arrowhead. And it's funny, Trevor Lawrence 
stays undefeated on Saturdays last week, hasn't lost in his high school, college, or pro career. I think he's 2-0 and this year. They beat the Titans, um, and then they, they obviously beat uh, the Chargers last week. So we'll see if he keeps that going. But hey, this came across today that the Jags and the Bengals of last year had a similar kind of road. They're both you know, four four seeds, both preseason plus one twenty five, uh, or sorry, one hundred twenty five uh, to one odds to win the Super Bowl. Um, you know, just both first round, first overall picks in the draft in their second season with the team. Um, so yeah, it, 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 this is going to be a fun matchup to watch. Uh, I love that Lawrence. Listen, this is another great thing that I can't wait for next year's regular season. We're going to get Joe Burrow, Mahomes, Lawrence, and Allen all facing off against each other next year because they all won their division. So they're all first place schedules. They're all going to play each other at least once next year. Um, and I, I can't wait for that. That's going to be fun getting these top quarterbacks in the AFC going up against each other. Uh, it's going to be, man, I, I, I can't wait for that, but it, I can't wait for the NFL for years to come. I mean, the next 10 years, the AFC is set. They are set, and we'll see where Lamar Jackson goes if he stays in the AFC or, or goes to the NFC. But, I mean, if he stays in the AFC uh, with Baltimore, I mean, that's just more fun for the league. But uh, the Jags, I think the key to the game, uh, get, get ETN established, but really spread the ball. Don't try and force it in there, Lawrence. Take what the defense gives you. Uh, the Chiefs, you know, kind of take what they give you. Do the short, immediate routes, and, and then take those shots if they come open. Um, but I want to see ETN get more involved in the passing game as well. Um, trying to try to get these guys to play shorter, so that way you can take those deep shots. And another thing for the Jags, they're doing this with Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones Jr. Next year they get Calvin Ridley back after he, he you know he he takes this suspension for this whole year he, you know he, he he sat out this all year with that suspension for gambling on football games last year he's going to be back that's going to be another great receiver to add to this core with Zay Jones and Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram so if, if they can kind of have that firepower going but I mean I I, I think it's going to be tough to stop Mahomes and Kelsey and you know, Tony has had a great year since coming on. You got Smith-Schuster. And this offensive line is the probably the best it's been for the for the Chiefs. And that, that means Josh Allen and Walker aren't going to really be able to get to Mahomes. And I think that's the only way you beat them is if you can get some pressure. And I don't think the Jags are going to be able to sustain that pressure for all four quarters. So I, I do have the Chiefs winning this one. Um, I, I do think they actually cover the spread as well. I, I just think they like to come out, prove a point against a, a weaker opponent in the Jags. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked if, if it was close. I mean, it is the playoffs. Anything can happen. But my prediction would be that the Chiefs win by 10, uh, just like they did in the first matchup in the year. Um, but yeah, the second matchup today, divisional, third time these teams are playing. I, I think this is another one that the spread's big. I like the Eagles in this one. I think the Giants, uh, nice story this year with Dayball, probably going to be the coach of the year. Um, that that was not my prediction. I, I said Sirianni, but I think it will probably be Dayball. And I think this is where Daniel Jones looks like Daniel Jones. Uh, this 
Philly roster is just stacked, even though Hurts might not be 100%. But you have that really good running game. You, you can run on this Giants d- defense. Rink Martindale likes to blitz. You got the best two receivers, well, some of the best two receivers uh, against one on, uh, you know, man to man, where you get, got Devontae Adams who can beat his guy. You got, you, you know, A.J. Brown can win those deep ball, you know, one on ones. Um, so I, I think this is going to be more of, of a passing game for the Eagles because I think the Giants, you know, are, are, may not look great against the run, but I think they're going to do enough. And with Wink being the most blitzing quarterback, I just think Hertz is going to be able to take advantage and they're going to get some deep shot touchdowns, um, and, and kind of blow this one out. I, I do think they, they cover their spread as well. Minus eight. Um, I, I just, I don't know if New York's going to be able to keep up, and I love this Philly defense. Their secondary is great with Darius Slay, and, and with New York not having the best receiving core, um, I think it's just going to cause problems, and we're going to see Daniel Jones not get as many wide-open throws as he did against Minnesota. So I, I do like Philly in this one. I, I like Jalen Hurts to kind of ease his way back. He, I think he's still probably going to be dealing with that shoulder injury, but... Listen, I just think this team is loaded, uh, too, too, way too loaded compared to this New York team. They got Saquon. If I mean, the only way I think you beat the Philly, Philly, uh, the Eagles is if Saquon, you know, has three touchdowns in over 150. I think that's the only way New York kind of wins this one. I think they're going to be able to move the ball with Daniel Jones' legs as well. But again, you have Jalen Hurts, who I think is a better quarterback all around than Daniel Jones. He has the better receivers. Uh, he's got the better defense on his side, uh, so I, I like Philly at the uh, at home to cover the spread against the Giants and advance to the NFC Championship game. Moving on to tomorrow, this is obviously my second favorite game of the weekend. Like I said, I think this should have been a neutral site game. We don't know how that game uh, was going to end up before Demar Hamlin got injured, but you ha- you had an argument. That the Bengals would have won that game, and they're sitting at 13 and 4, and so are the Bills. And since the Cincinnati would have had the tiebreaker, they would have been the two seeds. So this should have been in Cincy. That's why I think the NFL kind of messed this one up. You should have had this at a neutral site. You should have. I, I I just think, you know, they had a lead. They were driving to score again against the Bills in that matchup. Because you can't determine, because these games have gone. Look at what happened last week with the Jags being down twenty-seven to to seven and a half. You 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 don't you can't really predict how these games were going to finish. But again, you can't predict how these games were going to finish, right? Now, you know, you, you should have had this one at a neutral site. Same with Buffalo um, going to uh, you know neutral site if if they end up winning and the Chiefs end up winning in Atlanta the neutral site. So I, I think Cincinnati kind of got hosed. I think they know it. And yes, they're the under and they're the underdogs here too. With Buffalo having all the pressure, like I said, they were the preseason Super Bowl favorites from everybody. They were the preseason, you know, Josh Allen preseason MVP for the year. And I, I, I you know me. Bengals are probably the one team that I'm highly on in the AFC out of everybody. Uh, you know, I think they have the best quarterback um, outside of Patrick Mahomes in the league. Uh, I think they have the best roster outside of the Niners uh, in the league. Uh, that defense, you know, year in and year out, the last year is underrated. They don't get enough love. 
they play the best quarterbacks very hard. You know, they beat Mahomes three times now in a row. Um, I, I think, you know, they're going to, you know, and, and, you know, they, they, they beat, they almost beat Buffalo in the, or we, we didn't get to see it, but I just like the Cincinnati Bengals, the way they're built and the Buffalo defense has struggled. Their offensive line has struggled. Now, yes, since he missing three offensive line is going to hurt. That's why I think this one might be a little sloppier, a little low scoring than the other games this weekend, just because both sides of the ball are going to probably struggle, uh, you know, keeping their quarterback protected. But Josh Allen loves to be deep ball. Now, what can't you do with a weak offensive line against a pretty solid pass rush with Hubbard um, and Hendrickson back there? Uh, you can't take those deep shots. You can't take them because you need to hold on to the ball. And what Cincy does better is Joe Burrow takes those checkdowns. You know, he, he can find Mixon short, Perrine short, um, you know, those slants, uh, underneath routes, you know, Hayden Hurst, whatever may have you, they can methodically move the ball. I don't know if Josh Allen has the patience to do that. I haven't seen it yet, and I think that's why he's prone to mistakes. Um, he, he wants that home run, run ball every time. I am going to take Cincy, especially with the points, minus five and a half, but I just, I like them to win outright and, and go to their second straight AFC championship game and play Kansas City again, um, but I, I, I want to see, it, you know, it, it, in order for Buffalo to win, no turnovers by Josh Allen, zero, and it, let's see if he takes what they give him, and obviously he's going to have a good day running the ball, as he always does, he's a huge threat with his legs, I, I think, it, you know, if he has over 100 yards, I, I think they do win that game as well against Cincinnati, because he's just going to keep uh, drives alive and extend them. Um, but yeah, I, I'm taking Cincinnati to win this one outright on the road. And then finally, the biggest game of them all, keeping this rivalry going. Uh, you know, two years in a row, we get Cowboys and Niners in the playoffs. Division around Niners at home this year against Dallas Cowboys. Um, both teams, listen, both teams blow out their their first opponent in the wild card round. So. How? Because usually when you blow out a team next week, you you don't look as great. And these are the top two defenses in the league as far as defensive DVOA. You, you got the defensive player, you know, two guys who are in the running a defensive player year. It's probably going to go to Bosa, but we all know Michael Parsons the last two years has been one of the best defensive players to start his career. Um, and, you know, a lot of... Of firepower on the offensive side of the ball, both offenses. You got two-headed monster and Zeke and Pollard. You got Ceedee Lamb, who who who's been amazing this year, a, a, a Pro Bowler this year. And then you also have Gallup and, and Noah Brown, who can go deep. But Dalton Schultz, I mean, look at him, what he did last week. He's he was coming off an injury. He's looking right. Uh, you got a, a decent offensive line. Uh, we'll see. It, you know, how, how they play because, you know, Jason Peters went out early last week. I don't know if he's playing. Um, but then, you know, you look on the defense side of the ball. Like I said, you got Parsons. Uh, yeah, Peters is out. Uh, but like I said, you got you got uh, Parsons. You got Vanderish who came back, and he's great for the, the passing game for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, he can do a lot of things, dropping in coverage. So that's, that's going to be a disadvantage as well. Uh, you, you you got Trayvon Diggs at, at a corner. Uh, so they look at just like the Niners. It, this is gonna be a fun game. 
this is going to be a fun game. And, you know, you go for the Niners side. You got Debo. You, you got McCaffrey. You got Kittle. You got, you, you got uh, 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 Williams. Trent Williams. Big Trent. Um, on the defensive side, we, we know the all pros. We know you got Hofunga. You, you know you got Warner. You got Bosa. You got Greenlaw, who, who you know, finally getting love this year. Um, at, you know, after playing just phenomenally again for this defense. It... it it will be that secondary that is the weakest spot of the Niners. But it listen, if the Niners can bottle up Pollard in the running game, make Dak beat you. If Dak is throwing 40 times, it, it, it's, it's a recipe for success for the Niners. You just can't let the deep shots hurt you. They like to take deep shots. Noah Brown and Gallup can burn you and make big plays. They got to keep the big plays at a minimum to none. And just stop that run game. I, I, if they do that, they're going to have a good day. And obviously on the flip side, um, listen, Dallas, if, if Prescott can go mistake-free, I think Dallas can very well win this game. And if if they can hold the Niners' run game at bay with, with you know, McCaffrey, Kittle, Mitchell, uh, it, you know, if the Niners can't get over 150 rushing yards, it's going to be a, a struggle uh, for them to move the ball. Um, but we'll see again. I, I think this this is going to be. I think this is has the lowest over under out of all the games. I think this goes over. I think I think this is like a a thirty to thirty one game. Um, I just think offenses it as great as these both defenses are. I think both offenses just have way too many weapons, way too many ways to beat you. That I think both teams are going to be able to move the ball. It's just what defense makes that crucial big play big turnover um that'll win this game i'm, I'm gonna take the niners to edge out dallas just because I, I think you know prescott has proven all year he's more prone to mistakes than brock purdy since purdy's coming in and even one of two birdie purdy's interceptions um one wasn't his fault either it went off of jennings hands uh and went into the defender's hands i think that was against uh the Ra- raiders uh so i think that you know, this is going to be a high-scoring game, close game at that. Uh, I just think the team that makes that one bad mistake uh, is going to lose it. And I'm hopeful it's the Cowboys. Um, I do think they cover the spread of plus, plus four. But obviously, I'm going to be a homer. I'm going to take the Niners to win the game outright. Those were the game picks. Now let's get into the picks that matter. We don't do anything illegal. Death three, pick three. Look what I found in my pocket. Look. A year's salary, right here. Is what I call them? A fun coupon. This is the Debt Free Pick 3. On the final play. With Mikey Clutch. Again, going for the first game today. Jacksonville traveling to the Kansas City Chiefs. Jags, nine and a half point underdogs. I think that the Kansas City Chiefs cover at home. Um, I, I, I just think Mahomes is going to be able to move the ball. At will, I know Kansas City is six ten and one against the spread this season, and Jags are nine and nine. Um, I I just don't know what it is. And one of those games the Chiefs covered was against the Jags. I just I like the Jags here. I, I think the story of Trevor Lawrence and this Jags team uh, is going to come to an end. 
Uh, and, you know, the Chiefs are just going to show and prove why they have been the best team uh, in the NFL. I'm not NFL, right, because they haven't won the Super Bowl um, in a couple years, but the best team in the AFC and proven uh, consistently why they are, the, the you know, always the one to be hunted. Uh, I'm going to take Ch Kansas City at home, minus 9.5. New York Giants on the road, Philly. Uh, I'm taking Philly with the points as well, minus 8 at home. I just don't think that the Giants are going to be able to hold Philly at bay. Like I said, Wink Martindale likes to blitz, and I like Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown so much in man, one-on-one -on -one coverage. And, I, you know, once they start doing that and Wink Martindale kind of backs off, they're going to run the ball and really get that uh, two-man run game with Sanders and Hurts going. Uh, I'm going to take the Eagles at home, minus eight, uh, to finish off the Giants and go to the NFC Championship game. Buffalo Bills at, or sorry, at home against the Cincinnati Bengals. I got the Bengals plus five and a half to win outright if you want to do the money line. Uh, they're plus 205 on the money line, but I am going to take Joe Burrow. I just, I'm more confident in Joe Burrow with the ball down um, in his hands at the end of the game than I am Josh Allen. And I do trust this Bengals defense more than I trust that Bills defense. Um, so I'm going to go with the Bengals on the road to look better than they did last week as well um, and, and really put up a fight with the Bills and cover that spread. And finally, the, the Dallas Cowboys on the road at San Francisco. I'm taking the Cowboys plus four. I think this is a two to three point game. Um, and, and potentially, like I said, it all comes down to who, who makes that final mistake. Uh, Dallas Cowboys can very well win this game and, and, and advance to and play the Eagles for a third time in the NFC Championship game. I really hope that doesn't happen. It scares me. The Cowboys have looked really good this year. That team last year didn't really scare me when they played. This team scares me. Just because they are so dynamic and they figured out what they're good at. Uh, it, it just all depends on what defense we're going to see. You know, the defense, you know... Can they stop the run? If they can stop the Niners' run, then it's going to be hard for the Niners to win uh, unless Purdy, you know, still does Purdy things. And, and uh, this is the best defense he's played. This is the best defense Purdy has played all season. It's not even close. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's it's going to be a true test. If Purdy can go out there and replicate what he's done the last seven weeks, then I there's no doubt in my mind that they, they can't make it to the Super Bowl, the Niners. Uh, because, you know, if he's going to be able to do that against this defense, then he can really do it against anybody. Um, but, yeah, I got I got the Dallas Cowboys covering plus four. And that's going to do it for the debt three pick three. But we're going to do playoff round debt free pick four. Um, so I got the Kansas City Chiefs minus nine and a half at home. The Eagles minus eight at home. The Bengals plus five and a half on the road. And the Cowboys plus five and a half on the road. And that's going to do it. For the Jeffrey Pick 3, that's going to do it for the final play with Mikey Clutch. Oh, I love it. This is the, the best weekend in football all year, the divisional round. Next week, we'll have Justin Matthews back to join the show. We'll, we'll break down the divisional round games, and then we'll obviously preview the championship round uh, next for next Sunday. Um, but uh, yes, again, Mikey Clutch, have a good weekend. Enjoy some football, and let's go Niners. You have just tuned into the final play with Mikey Clutch on ChicagolandSportsRadio.com. It's not just sports, it's a way of life.